good morning to you. It's my privilege to welcome you to the sunrise service as we celebrate a risen Savior this morning. Would you please stand and join me with our call to worship? But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he, he is risen. risen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the celebration of a risen Savior, that we might come this morning as the disciples came to the tomb early in the morning. They came to find an empty tomb and a risen Savior. And for that we celebrate this morning that you are alive and reigning forever. Amen. Now it's hymn number 288, if you're following in your hymnal. It's new to many of us, but many of us it's not, so uh, let's, uh, let's sing together. Jesus Christ has triumphed now. Jesus Christ has triumphed now.
Turn with your worship guide to our confession of faith. We will read this in unison. This is from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by his, from the wrath of God. For while we were in his, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Please stand again. This will wake us up. This sunrise service. All hail the power of Jesus' name, number 296.
please remain standing and turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 40. Psalms chapter 40, starting with verse 1. If you're visiting with us, we've printed the text for you in the worship guide, so you can have it right there in front of you. This is God's Word. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me, heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud To those who go astray after a lie, you have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I survey the Who's remain standing? I'll get my act together up here. It is early. Uh, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 
chapter 15, verses 12 through 19. Hear the word of God. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, your faith is in vain, where we are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we have testified that, about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope, in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. may be seated. Let's pray. Father, there are a thousand things in this world that distract us from you and turn our eyes from you and on to the pleasures of this world, the trappings of this world. And so now as we come to your word this early Easter morning, we ask that you would enable us to focus on Jesus our risen Savior. Lord, bless our time together around your word that it might grow us in grace. For it is in his name we pray. Amen. Well, I think back just 112 days ago, and you start thinking, what's, what happened 112 days ago? Well, I counted them, so I know. It was Christmas. All right. Just 112 days ago, we were celebrating Christmas, and in the, the life of the church, we celebrate Christmas and Easter hopefully every day, especially every Sunday. Easter is not a celebration for this day. That is the basic foundation of our faith, and if what's happened at Easter isn't true, then we're not celebrating anything at all. That's the reality. If Christ did not come to earth in bodily form and die on the cross and be raised from the dead, then, then we are, as Paul said, most to be pitied among all people because we're fools. Literally everyone in this room right now, if these things aren't true, if you are like me who's born again, trusting in Christ alone for my salvation, if this isn't true, then I'm a fool and you're a fool if you're following this pattern. That's the reality because that's what Paul has said. We're to be most pitied if that's not true. We stopped at that horrible point in the, in the reading of the scripture for that purpose, to make that point, because that's what he's saying. But let's look at the differences between these two celebrations that we have in the church. And I just kind of went through and kind of wrote some things that I thought were interesting differences between how we celebrate Christmas and how we celebrate Easter. 
uh, because it is early and I thought that might keep you awake just a little bit longer for me. Um, let's think about the angels. At Christmas, the angels came to the shepherds and they cried out proclaiming that the Messiah was going to be born and then they broke into song, heavenly hosts singing. It seems almost the angels were quiet at Easter. When they went to the tomb that morning, a few angels appeared just to give a little comfort. There was no shouts and proclamation. There wasn't a heavenly host out there saying, He's risen. It was quiet. It was early. The followers, well, at Christmas we see that well, no one really knew what was happening. The only people who had a clue about what was happening seemed to be the shepherds, and they only knew because God chose to talk to the shepherds and give the message to them directly, and so they came to see where the young child was. It's one of those verses that you can't get out of your head. Where were all the followers at Easter? They were in hiding, they were scared. A few went down to the tomb to do the ceremonial taking care of the body. They weren't having rallies in Jerusalem. There was no celebration. There was doubt. There was worry. They were afraid. When Jesus was born, a star appeared and and magi or wise men or three kings, however you want to look at that, began their travels to find this Jesus. What about the government? Boy, at Christmas, when the, when the government began to hear that there had been a king born in Bethlehem, the government got really worried because, of course, if you're in the government, you don't want another king that hasn't been elected. You're the king, and you're going to stay the king until you say you're not the king. And so Herod, in his terror over this, went so far, and I think we gloss over this so much at Christmas, he had every male child, two years and under, in the region of Bethlehem, killed. You don't think the government was worried about this new king? Let's exterminate a whole group of young boys, babies, so that we don't have to worry about it. What's it like at Easter? Well, they're celebrating because, yes, that that king that had been born is now dead. We executed him. He's gone. And just to make sure nobody plays any tricks on us, we're going to put a guard at the tomb. We don't want anybody saying anything funky happened there that all of a sudden that, that, you know, he did rise because somebody said he'd said that. You can sure the government leaders weren't really the followers of Jesus. And at Christmas, Jesus is visibly, bodily present and laid in a manger. Totally helpless. We don't leave the nursery unattended for a reason. Jesus was not left unattended. And at Easter... The body is gone. We know that after they came out, Mary saw the body, 
and, and she saw, she said, I have seen Jesus, and Jesus later appeared to the disciples, and their proclamation in John 20 is, we have seen Jesus. You see the picture building from I saw Jesus to we've seen Jesus, and then he appears to multitudes. But on that quiet Easter morning, they walked into an empty tomb. Our flowers. Now at Christmas, the place is covered with majesty. We've decorated, we've, we've, we've put trees up. We have these poinsettias that are everywhere with their majestic red and green proclaiming the celebration. And at Easter, we have the Easter lilies. One of the few flowers mentioned in Scripture, Jesus mentioned the lilies, remember, when he was saying, don't worry about tomorrow, consider even the lilies of the field that God takes care of them. The tradition of the Easter lily is that they grew in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, this isn't biblical, and I'm not saying it is, all right? But the the traditions are that that these lilies grew up where his tears hit the ground in Gethsemane. Now, there's nothing scriptural about that. But when you think about a lily, and you put that, that poem with it, it's reminding of the, of the anguish that our Savior went through to pay for our sins. But the lilies are white and pure. How about the gifts? Well, we celebrate with gifts at Christmas. I remember if 112 days ago, if you, if you have children in your home, then, then right now you would not be here. You'd probably be downstairs uh, doing something around maybe a tree that you put up in your, in your house. Doesn't that seem kind of weird? If, if we put a tree in our house right now, people would think there was something wrong with us, wouldn't it? But we can do it in December and get by with it. But we'd be opening presents. We'd be giving gifts to each other. We'd be celebrating. We'd be having fun. But at Easter, the gift appears in an empty tomb. And we don't really give gifts to each other at Easter. We have Easter baskets have grown into a tradition in the culture of our, of our land and the eggs and all of those things. But the reality is we've come this morning with a different mindset. You know, it's fascinating that the tomb was empty Because faith is, as we see in Hebrews 11, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And so when the the disciples come to an empty tomb, faith is what has to begin to take hold. Our passage continues from 1 Corinthians 15 with these verses. I'm going to pick up where we left off. It's not in your, in your bulletin, but this is verse 20 and beyond. But in, <clears throat> it is early. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. But in fact, Christ has has been raised from the dead. Now Paul goes on to finish the debate. He's told you that if it's not true, then we're fools. But then in verse 20 he says, this is the fact. 
These are the truths that you need to embrace and hold on to. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and every power. For he must reign until he has put all under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. We often look at death and we think of death. Um, we say things like, well, death is inevitable. We, we are, you know, everything is going to die. We just have to face that. But, you know, death isn't natural. It wasn't part of the original created order that, that, that death occurred. Adam and Eve would have lived on and on and on until sin came in and death came with sin. Life is God's order. Life is God's plan. Everlasting life is God's plan. So as you think about the pictures, the differences between Christmas and Easter, you begin to see that without one, you don't have the other. Christmas is no celebration if there was no Easter. If there had not been an Easter, we would not be celebrating Christmas. And if there hadn't been a Christmas, we wouldn't have been celebrating Easter. So those two key parts of the life of Jesus Christ are critical to our faith. And as you come this morning, you come hopefully that you are in Christ, that you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, and you're coming here just to have that, that message of hope that comes from an empty tomb. Jesus, when he met with the disciples in John chapter 20, we have this account. He said, unless, let me go back. He met with them. And then Thomas makes a bold statement because he wasn't there. Um, but Jesus had appeared to them on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Now here you have the disciples. They weren't the bold ones who were out there proclaiming, Jesus, Jesus. They were in a room with the door locked and they were afraid. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. When he had said them, he showed him his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it will be, is withheld. And now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, We have seen Jesus. But he said, Unless I see his hands, 
the mark of nails and place my finger into the side of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And eight days later, the disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, eight days later, the doors are still locked. They'd seen Jesus. He'd appeared to them. But eight days later, they're meeting again and the doors are still locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. He said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put, your, put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. That's you and me. Jesus mentioned right there the church. Blessed are those who have believed without seeing. We are here by faith. By faith in the risen Son of God whom we have not seen, yet we know her to be true. We have come this morning believing that which we haven't seen but knowing it to be true because we live and walk by faith and not by sight. We are most blessed. We are most blessed. As you've come this morning, there's an empty tomb, but we shouldn't want it any other way. Because in the empty tomb, you know you have a living, resurrected Savior. This world is going to trap you. It's going to have you fall so in love with everything that's in front of you that you can see and feel and taste that your senses can get a hold of, that you will be enamored by those things and drawn to those things. In my favorite spiritual hymn, and I, I apologize, I was really trying to get it up on my phone before I got here. I just realized I don't have the lyrics that well in my mind. But it's, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have this whole world. Just give me Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice in the midst of suffering as the disciples and Mary went to the tomb grieving the loss of the one that they loved so dearly. And in the midst of suffering was hope, was peace, was fulfillment of your promises. There was life in an empty tomb. And that life was given to all who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. All who are born again, all who repent and believe there was life that was made manifest in an empty tomb. For you have risen. Lord, help us to focus on that. Help us to, <clears throat> to be reaching to the point of faith that 
we can love you no matter what. Lord, give us Jesus. Give us Jesus. May we go from here proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not living in a locked room, afraid of how the world will respond to us, but may we go out proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that has no peace apart from you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for reminding us that we do worship Christ the Risen King, which appropriately is the title of our final song. Please stand with me as we sing hymn number 286. As if you could have forgotten, but I am reminding you that there is breakfast after the meal. After the meal. The breakfast after the service, which will be in just a minute if I can ever get all this out. Uh, but we are so thankful that you're here. Uh, please join us in the Brown Fulton building right behind me there for a time of fellowship and food. And then our worship services following that at 9.30. Thank you. All right. Um, let me close, and I'm going to give a benediction, and then I'm going to give the blessing on the meal so that when we get over there, we can eat, all right? I did find this, and I want to give this to you because this is, a, this is that old spiritual. 
In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. When I am alone, when I am alone, when I am alone, give me Jesus. And when I come to die, and when I come to die, when I come to die, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. You can have all this world. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've given us Jesus. What more could we ask for? And Lord, you've given us each other in your church, living and breathing, that we might walk this road together and love each other and love you more as we encourage one another in the faith. Lord, bless our time together now around the food, that it might strengthen us and nourish us, us that we might love you more and serve you more. Hallelujah, he is risen, we proclaim today and every day. Amen.